welcome, 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 listeners. This is episode number 47. 47! Uh, this is Fret Talk Podcast. You are joined by your host, Mr. Yes, Mr. Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also joined by Mr. Matt Quine, as you can hear, giggling his ass off in the background. And Hello. You are joined today by Mr. Ayrton Tracy. Say hi. Hello. Who Hello. Um, is possibly the most rock and roll out of us. He's already been to the pub. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Ten packs found. Sorted. That's it. So, I mean, we've had drunk Matt before. Today, we're having drunk Ayrton. Um, no, I'm not that drunk. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start off um, We're going to start off with Ayrton, actually, because Ayrton's had an uh, NGD this week, haven't you? Yep. Go for it. What What have you got? Uh, I've got a uh, Squire Strat. It's a Chinese one. Uh, it's probably about 10 year old now, but oh, insanely good. Absolutely insanely good. I'd say it's, it's one of my favourite guitars after the Gibson SG. Yeah. Taking over the PRS. That's saying something. Yeah, you were, you've got some mad love for the PRS, haven't you? Yeah, insane mad love. Um, so... Tell us about it. Describe it in the mind's eye of the uh, the listener. What's it look like? Right. It's a all white strap. Uh, oh. It used to be blue. It used to be blue. Obviously, it's been painted over, and, uh, knocked and shit like that. Um, maple neck, maple fretboard. It's got a proper Jimi Hendrix headstock. Uh, everything else is how a strap should be. Creamy, brittle, blazing, absolutely fucking workhorse. Yep. Yeah. All I can put it is there's Rory Gallagher, Eric Clapton, and John Frusciani all in one guitar. That's how I can put it. So I think this this pretty much says, Matt, you uh, you need to get yourself a strap. <laughs> but I don't wanna, Matt. That's what I said a year ago, and now look at me, I've got one. <laughs> Yeah, I'll think about it. You need yourself a strap. It's not like they're, they're, they're just not versatile enough. What? They've, they've got... <laughs> Matt, I put mine into drop A yesterday just to see if it could do it and fuck me, it could. I've got my pink sparkle strap with the two humbuckers. That's close enough, right? That does not count <laughs> no. the strap. Matt, I have a, feel, a feeling that you are trolling my leg this week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, it happens. Yeah, people troll me on the buddy Facebook page all the time. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> shout out, just shout out to the uh, to the Mr. Troll. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, you've um, you got yourself a uh, a little little piece of strat action. Uh, I, oh yeah, my. My uh, my go to for a good like two or three years with my band, uh, I had a a, a white. Um, it was a Mexican, so it's a white Mexican strat, and it had the uh, had the maple fretboard, and it had it was. Uh, I think it was like a nineteen ninety um, uh, Mexican strat. So the um, the gloss on it had uh, had turned over time and it'd become like this amber neck and the um the white which was i think it was a olympic white had, had almost become like yellow with how how like creamed it had become it was absolutely gorgeous um 
and one of the one of the things that I regret doing is selling that guitar but I mean needs must and now now I'm a man of the telly but there's a uh, I mean strats uh, strats will come and go strats will and I've I've got I've got strats to like I could I could go over to my guitar corner and grab a strat now so I'm not I'm not bereft of strats um so Matt yeah this week TT kicked kicked off kind of didn't it it did so we're in practice week at the moment um the riders are already breaking lap records so you know everybody's in the mood for it so yeah um everything's started we've got had the two tents that are fighting over things have both kicked off with their live stuff. I've drank more than I should on a school night a couple <laughs> of times. Um, been out watching live music. I've been out playing live music, and yeah, it's 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 all been good apart from the one proper TT gig we've had so far. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I mean we've we've heard this story, but explain what happened at that that fabled event. So. We are recording on Wednesday night, so for us it was last night, but it was Tuesday of last week. Um, we get an email at 9 o'clock in the morning, bearing in mind we're on supposed to start at 9 o'clock at night. Get an email at 9 o'clock in the morning. The riders have been kicking off because the stage is too close to us. Make sure you're quiet tonight. Oh, and we're cutting your set short from 9 till 11 to 9 to half 10, just to... Um, trying to appease some of the riders. Yeah. So that was a great start to the day. It's just like, oh, right, we've got to be quiet. We're not a quiet band. We we don't do it. When people tell us to be quiet, we say get a different band. I mean, because last we, week you we mentioned the, the Hughes and Kettner being um, quite, a, quite a hefty volume machine. Yeah, I, I dropped the Hughes and Kettner out for the... Vox AC15, which has a master volume that does go a bit further down. Yeah. For that exact reason. Um, because if I'd have t- taken the Hughes and Kettner, we'd have probably just been told to leave. Um, yeah, so that was kind of like, I'll kick off to the day. So that was that was nice. Yeah. Um, then arrived, parked behind the stage where we were told to by the first security guard. And another security guard came up to us and said, oh, you can't park there. Like, well, we're just unloading gear to get it from my car to the stage, which is there, and then I'll go and park in the car park. Oh, no, you can't stop there, though. Mm. Well, okay. Um, do you want to carry my 45-kilo Vox AC-15, the quarter of a mile from the car park? <laughs> well, I'm not doing that. Well, neither am I, so I'm just going <laughs> to unload it here. Um, and, yeah, oh, no, you can't do that. If you don't leave, I'm going to have to go and get the police to escort you off the premises. Yeah. You what, mate? All right, jobs were. You're going to go get the police. And then, luckily, his boss had overheard the conversation, came over, explained to this fucking moron that, you know, bands are okay to take their gear out of the cars, put it on the stage, and then move their cars into the car park, you know, because yeah. that's sensible. That's standard and, practice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so bless him. It must that, have been his first day. Uh, it, I bloody hope not. Well, I bloody hope so, even, because, swear to God, he was just a job's worth. But, yeah. you know, that, that gets you in the wrong mood anyway. And then, as we're loading stuff on at the stage, the guy from the bar comes over and mentions that he's had issues last night 
One of the riders wasn't happy. Please make sure you're not too loud. If you're asked to turn down, it's not personal. Just please do it. So we were like, all right, fine. We'll do what we can. Yeah. We set all our levels and stuff, but the PA is off because the sound sound engineer is running late, which is fair enough. Um, the roads are shut around the island because its practices are on. Um, so, you know, we got there. It's, we all got set up, set our guitar and bass levels so that everything was hopefully in the right area, and then they could just flick the PA on. When he got there, he turns up, puts the PA on, entire thing fuses. Stage fuses, which is just wonderful. Fuck. <laughs> um, so we call a Sparky. The Sparky resets all the fuses. We turn the PA on first this time. Everything fuses. <sighs> so we then... Oh, it's just... You know, it's, it's at that point where, you know, we're supposed to be going on in 15 minutes... And we're looking at each other like, this isn't going to go well. Yeah. So we narrow it down. It's obviously the base bin, which was the power amp for the tops as well, was causing the issues. So instead of having four monitors, which is what we were supposed to be running, we used two monitors as the tops going out and two monitors for our own vocals. And that's all we had as sort of like PA, which is... Just shit. Minimal. Um, but it was the only it was the only powered stuff that we had. Yeah. So we plugged all that in, reset the trip switches. Every amp goes on and then everything trips. We're like, oh for fuck's sake, what is it now? And there's an internal th- basically this this stage, by the way, I forgot to mention, is a shipping container that has been like panelled out and put electrical sockets in the walls and stuff. Yeah. And there's two fuses. There's an external fuse that is um, actually at where it plugs into the generator, and there's an internal fuse. This time, the internal fuse is gone, and there's nobody on site with a key to the uh, to get into this fuse box that's on the side of it. Yeah. So the Sparky comes back with a hammer and gets the padlock off, and. In, I don't know how. I, I, I'm not allowed to say how because we don't know how it happened. But the padlock magically became not attached to the <laughs> the container anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you can imagine what happened. Um, yeah. He then got in, looked at it, and it was a 64 amp cable. So I don't know whether you do much electronics or stuff, but you've got like loads of different sizes of stuff that comes off generators. 64 amp then usually splits down to 32s and 16s. No, what they'd done is wired the 64 amp straight to 13s. So instead of like splitting it down and splitting it out, they just wired it straight into 13s, which meant that the entire um, thing just had one 13 amp feed, which meant that because we were, we were drawing four powered speakers now, so um, plus an AC15, a Hot Rod DeVille, a Mark Bass 212... Um, all my pedals, all the other guitarist pedals, all the bassist pedals, a pad for the drummer because we've got samples and stuff. Yeah. Um, we were drawing more than 13 amps. Yes. Um, so the Sparky then had to rewire at the joint to try and get the stage ready. Now, by the time he's finished that, it's quarter to 10, and we have to finish at half past 10. So we finally went on about 10 to 10, and yeah. played for 40 minutes. And because it's a shipping container and they're all solid walls, 
It's the loudest stage you've ever been on in your life because the roof is literally like six inches from your head and yeah. you're just getting sound reflecting from everywhere. Reflecting and yeah. We've got one ten tops facing out and two, uh, sorry, two one ten tops facing out that probably aren't throwing enough out out front. The monitors not loud enough for us to hear ourselves because there was only two of them rather than four for the four vocalists. So we were sharing monitors that meant they were further away. It was just uh, we played, like I say, for forty minutes, forty five minutes maybe at the max. Yeah, um, we ran over by two minutes, so we finished at ten thirty two. And the bar manager then came over and said, we told you you had to stop at half ten. We should be docking your wages. At which point I left for a bit because I wasn't in a very good mood. Um, I I was ready yes. to just lamp somebody um, at, by this point. Um, so I left and I came back to find out that we had been paid the full amount. Um, and so, you know, yeah. everything was calming down, broke down all my gear and then found out that they'd locked the site so that we couldn't get our cars back to unload the gear. Uh. Which was just really frustrating. So we had to borrow the stuff that they run the kegs in on to wheel the gear down to the car park. So, yeah, everything that conceivably could have gone wrong went wrong. It's the worst gig I've ever dealt with in my entire life by a country mile. Yeah. Sounds like there were quite just, a few country miles working that day. Yeah. <laughs> just a just a tad. I mean, don't get me wrong, the sound sound engineer was brilliant. He he was having the same issues as us. He was trying to sort everything out for us. Yeah. But battling the, the bureaucracy. Yeah, the bureaucracy was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um so that's uh that's obviously not the, the greatest. So let's uh Let's finish that one on on some uh, some good news. Tell us about the uh, the vintage SG that you finished this week. Um, I haven't finished the vintage SG. What what what? Um, I, I I can't stick it in the hole. <laughs> Get back on topic, Matt. We're talking about the SG. <laughs> I think I've killed it. Yep. Um, so the problem that I said I was having last week. Yeah. I still can't solve, so I still can't get the wire for the bridge pickup alongside the wire for the neck pickup yeah. down to the cavity yeah, with all the, the, uh, the through the the yeah. hole leading to the. Uh, now the I've concept. tried everything you can think of, and probably things that you haven't thought of to try this. I have used pliers to try and like keep the wire as straight as possible, and just push it in like three or four mils at a time. That's not worked. Did you try I tried spit on the coat- uh, better than that, I tr- I tried a bit of cherry lube on the, the <laughs> on the wire on the, the rubber know, coatings to see if that Ayrton's would make them gone. slide past each other. Ayrton's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, <laughs> he thinks I'm joking. I'm genuinely not. <laughs> and the the cherry the cherry flavouring was the uh, it was the important. Was well, a cherry SG so. <laughs> You got to make sure that yeah, it's the correct, uh, it has correct to fit. kind of lube. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Fucking hell! I think I might have killed Dan. Yeah. yeah, I tried everything I could think. Of. I tried Vaseline before that. That didn't work either. Shit, man. Yeah, Vaseline. It's 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 so not ideal. Is it? I'm pretty sure now that 
You've, the hole is definitely too tight. You've got a soggy hole now, have you? <laughs> <laughs> so, my solution is I'm now going to have to un- unsolder everything and pull everything back out of the hole. Yeah. And then drill the hole out. Yeah. Try and <laughs> try, try and widen it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I think we've lost him. <laughs> we lost him a long time ago, but he's he's <laughs> like a trooper. He's he's keeping going. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I cannot. I yeah, couldn't so possibly the, think. The cherry SG is not here. finished. Yeah, in, in short, the SG is not finished. But God. it's that final kind of when it is done, you'll get those blend pickups, and it will be the best thing, and you just be basking in the glory of. Some beautiful, beautiful tone. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I've I've done stuff this week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rush through it real quick because we've got yeah we we've we've taken a little bit of time. I reckon it was that lube segment to be honest. <laughs> uh, oh, I'll get going again. Uh, so. Uh, this week, I've, I put in quite a hefty order for some pedal parts um, because uh, it's got to be about probably about four or five months ago. I said, "Oh, I've I've got some uh, some PCBs for a wicked sounding fuzz. Does anyone want one?" And uh, quite a few people went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll grab, some, yeah. grab one of them." Matt being one of yeah. them, um, and I did bugger all with it. I procrastinated and procrastinated. It's, it's if you think of like a metaphor, it's the um, the the Telecaster that Matt's got in pieces, just in the corner of his <laughs> his room. That is it's still there. That, it's still there. I can still point at it. That, well, that's it. That that's my kind of fuzz pedal project. There, that was. Uh, so, yeah, I've I've finally bought all the parts for them, um, and I'll be making a couple of them. So there'll be one going out to Matt and it'll have a giant, maybe like a, a picture of some balls or something. Maybe some... I think I should do a giant hole. For him. <laughs> <I'd>... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could. I could. Um, I don't know yet. It'll be something suitable uh, and deliciously painted. I'll put some time and effort into it. Um, can't wait. Yeah. Absolutely can't wait. Uh I actually I I tried because I'd um I'd wired up um the the original one because uh, I I'd, I'd, I got it to a testing phase and then <laughs> just put it in a bag and left it somewhere. Um, but I've I've wired a switch up to it and an LED. Yeah, and I tested it again this week and it does sound it's one meaty sounding fuzz. It's a meaty meaty motherfucker. Um, uh, so I'll I'll probably build myself one as well. Um. Because yeah, it sounds nice, but it will be worth the wait, Matt. It will be worth the wait. Good. Um, so yeah, I've done that. I haven't really done a great deal else this week. Uh, I think my YouTube channel this week is about the Hotone or Hot One Blues pedal. So it's like a really, really tiny blues driver clone. Um, and I've mentioned this before saying how just wicked it is and it just sounds absolutely brilliant Um, and it's better than the BD2 oh yeah you know country mile absolute country mile 
Uh, Just thought I'd get that in there for our friend Stuart, who loves the BD too. He does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, I tried to be a BD two. Um, I can't, I can't even think when. It was probably about a year ago. Um, wanting to love it, um, and there were some usable tones in it, but it was like it suffered from the uh, the the boss tone thing where one one side is completely like just flabby wet blanket and then the other side is just fizz too saturated yeah, yeah um so the um the high tone blues has none of that when you crank the tone all the way to the left it just has a bit more of a focus in the the lower range and when you crank it right to the top, it has that like, really kind of piercing cut. So if you ever wanted to use it as a as something to just push you push you to the forefront of your of your band mix, it's absolutely ideal for that. And it's got shit loads of gain on tap. Um, well, for a, for a kind of blues driver recline. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely look out for that one. Uh, the one the week after. I'll, I'll mention next week when, I'm, when we're on the cast, but uh, oof, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough one. But we've got to move on. There's, there's, there's been, there's been some, uh, some waves happen this week in the, uh, the, uh, in the world of guitar, haven't there? So, I have. Uh, this is, this is a, a news segment where we have to be very careful. Uh, so, if we are uh, like purposely evasive of certain names and um, facts that have been banded around. Just bear with us. Uh, so there was yeah. um, there was an allegation that has been investigated. Uh, the news article um, that's been posted around has got a picture of Jimi Hendrix uh, on it. So if that kind of uh, like flashes your memory a bit. Um, so there's there's apparently um, a cartel of certain companies, um, a a couple of companies. So there's a a big, um, a big guitar manufacturer. There's uh, a multinational, uh, like multifaceted, um, eastern company. There's a large keyboard company um and a few others that are apparently um co-conspirating to do uh, some price fixing so i mean yeah i've i've not read the article uh, fully um uh, have you have you caught up on that one Matt? i have i've read the article fully and basically the article can't really say what it wants to say. <laughs> yes, and much like I don't this podcast, know whether you, yes. <laughs> I don't know whether you even glance through the article, but basically, it's possibly the laziest journalism you've ever seen in your life. So basically, it names the five companies it believes are being investigated. So all that anybody knows in the mo- at the moment is that there are five companies being investigated. Mm-hmm. The particular article that's been floating around in several places names five companies. It then names a lot of musicians who play instruments by those companies <laughs> because it's clearly written for, by word. The guy was paid by word count. Yeah. So he names some 
some keyboard players and some guitarists and some other musicians um, and then puts photos of these musicians playing these instruments and says, here's a photo of Blah playing a Blah <laughs> instrument um, and kind of skirts the issue, which is basically that if they have been price fixing, then there are serious implications for the companies. The companies can face fines. The directors can actually go to prison over this. Yeah. So if they if this has been going on and it comes to light that directors or shareholders or whoever knows about this, then they there could be serious impact. Now I'm not saying that that will actually happen because if we look at the last time some big companies got in the news for price fixing, it was actually I don't know if either. Yeah, you're probably not massive in the. Um, the financial sector. But do you remember the LIBOR scandal in about 2011? Mm. It's a in London Interbank um, exchange rate thingy where they were they were fixing the exchange rates between the banks. Oh no! no. To uh, so that's I think that was about 2011. Yeah. Um, Barclays were the biggest sort of yeah. name to to be in there, but um, Lloyd's were involved. Um, I think RBS, NatWest Group were involved. Basically, all all of the banks were were involved in fixing the exchange rates so that they could win on investment sort of style things. Yeah. And nobody went to prison over that, despite the fact that there are custodial sentences available and this was multi-billion pound transactions. So probably the risks aren't that high for these companies unless the only reason the bank's guys stayed out of it was because they had good lawyers. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see, but but yeah, there there is a high risk that certainly there will be massive fines put on these companies if it turns out that the allegations are true. Yeah, and what do you think that um, that would lead to in terms of the uh, the the climate for the guitar world? I know it's only one uh, one guitar company who are um, allegedly involved in this. However, they're a pretty fucking big guitar company. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to see prices of that guitar company come down because they'll be under massive market pressure. That if people know they've been price fixing and yeah. colluding, doing whatever they they shouldn't have been doing, that the consumers are the ones who have not benefited from this. So they'll have to drop their prices. They they will. I would say they'll see decreases in in sales if they don't. I mean, yeah, they're they're a big enough company that they'll probably survive if the, even if they took a hit of people not wanting to buy from this particular manufacturer because of this story. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the, they 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 they're gonna survive on their uh, their heritage alone, aren't they? These these guys. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they're not surviving, but at the same time. If they've got any wits about them and any business sense, they will drop their prices in sort of, but as by way of an apology to try and encourage people and try and kind of appease and say, "Look, we admit we made a mistake. Um, this is what we're doing to to rectify that. You can get this style of guitar for two hundred quid less, or whatever that that might be." Um, I mean, that that would be I mean, nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would it it would be fantastic, but it just it remains to basically you've got to work out whether the people involved have a heart or not. That's what we've got to 
go on. And obviously, oh, one we of the other say companies. That happening then, are we? Well, probably not. Obviously, one of the other companies is a multi sort of instrument as well as other departments, as you were saying. They've got they do things, and again, they make guitars as well as other musical instruments. Yes. Um, and again, I think for them, they're going to have to probably. I think they'll probably get away with saying that it's not happening in other departments. It's only their musical instruments. And again, they'll probably have to drop the drop their prices on some of those musical instruments. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. The, the thing that struck me is, uh, I mean, I don't know a great deal from the the other instruments because there were um, other instruments rather than guitar. But the, the, the two um, companies that are linked with the guitar... Um, they they're not particularly the most um, ridiculous pricing that I've seen um, seen in in guitar companies, and their uh, their models and their lines aren't aren't what I would uh, <laughs> I would deem overpriced a lot of the time. So no, I'm I'm guessing what this price collusion or price fixing or whatever they whatever they want to call it is is not so much between like in competition with other things it's they've said to their different markets well you can sell this at this price only and you can't drop it and you can do this at this price only and you've got to do this at 200% of this other product and mm-hmm. it'll be between their products and maybe even against other products in that market for that particular country and um, so you might price it against the different musical instruments company and say Right, their standard line goes for £2,000, so we're going to make sure that we're always 200 quid below. So if their price goes up, our price is going to go up. If their price goes down, our price is going to go down. And we're just going to track whatever the other companies are doing rather than think for ourselves, rather than actually price at what the guitars are worth. We're going to make sure that we are undercutting that person by X amount. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, it's 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 interesting, and unfortunately, there's not a great deal of um, of information that we can say, and that has been released at the moment as well. Um, but I think if you, if it sounds like something you may be interested in, I mean, you've probably already seen the article, but just just check out for that article. Um, yeah. If if you haven't just searched on Facebook in yeah. the guitar forum, you will find it um, yeah. by a British newspaper. If that helps you, there you go. Um, and I think that's where we we leave that one for today because we we managed to avoid any any um, potential hot water. Hopefully, I mean, yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Allegedly, there we go. Throw yep. it in there. Yep. yep. Just uh, just cover our backs. Um, so that's that's not the only thing that's kind of happened this week. Um, there's a bit of a strange one. So, um, so I hear over the past kind of couple of months, um, the fans of a band, uh, a, a relatively popular band from like the kind of late nineties, early two thousands ish, Weezer, um. The the fans of Weezer have been asking them to do a cover of Africa by Toto, uh, and they've they've kind of made it a an online p- 
petition kind of thing. Uh, and about probably about two or so weeks ago, um, the band released a cover of uh, Rosanna by Toto, which is an absolutely banging tune. Um, it is. And then I believe it was yesterday night they released a version of Africa by Toto, um, which again, banging tune. It seems to be, in fact, that the the internet is going crazy for the song. Um, it it's kind of the the meme song at the moment, isn't it? It's yeah, it's, it's, it's been meme song for about six to seven months, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Unfortunately. I mean, it is it is a wicked tune. Uh, I'm very much over the memes of um, of Africa, though, because I mean, just let it be a a banging tune. Let's not kind of yeah. ridicule it um, with memery. Uh, much like uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" has has become. <laughs> you, I, mean, oh, I don't. This takes me back to my uni days. Please yeah, you, don't. It, I mean, you you can't listen to that song with any. It was kind a of meme scene. before memes exist. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, Rick roll. Yeah, the whole Rick roll. Um, yeah, it's the original meme. Damn right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, have have you guys heard these uh, these covers? Uh, yes. So you both. I listened to them earlier today. Yeah. And what were your opinions of said covers? I like them. You like Not as them? much as the originals, but I like them. Yeah. Okay. And Matt? I absolutely hate them. I absolutely hate them. Gotta love Matt. <laughs> I, 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 can, I, can, I can articulate it. <laughs> if you want me to articulate, I can. Go on. What you've got is you've got some absolutely fantastic musicians who've recorded and toured for 40 years before. Obviously, there's Toto is not the same Toto. The, the Toto that's touring now is obviously not the same Toto that was touring in the 70s. Yeah. Um, we've had... Um, it was actually... Was it yesterday was Jeff Picaro's 65th birthday, I believe? But obviously, he's passed away. Um He's one of the... I think he was the bassist. Yeah. But I might be wrong. He's one, one of the three brothers anyway. Um, I was listening to um, something on the way home after the gig, the horrible gig that I had um, that was a show about the Picaro brothers. And they were just mentioning that it was his 65th, I think, birthday. Um, but yeah, so you've got some really fantastic musicians who've written some really good songs. And as much as Weezer were great at what they did, they're not anywhere near in that league. Yeah. And the instruments that they play don't lend themselves too well, especially with Africa. The drum sound is so off-putting because that snare is <laughs> sharp and bitey and just not subtle. In Africa, the, the Toto version, it's a subtle, proper, in-the-mix-in-the-right-place drum beat. In Weezer's version, it's like a gunshot every time he hits the buddy snare and it's just <laughs> so off-putting and just... Straight away, that was the first thing that I... All the snares and saying anger them. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like crappy, wrong, not doesn't fit anywhere snare. It's just like... It's a punk snare. It's It has to... In punk, you have to have really loud, really tight, directional, in-your-face snare sounds, but not in... 
in Africa or Rosanna. It it just and I don't. As much as their drummer is great at pop punk, I don't think he quite has the the subtlety and the nuance yeah, to do things like. Yeah, he doesn't. He, that's just not his. And if they're going to do that, if they're going to do a cover where their drummer is going to play like a pop punk drummer, don't then get a load of synth players to come in and play the rest of Toto's Africa. Do cover it on the guitar. Write a slightly different version. Yeah. Do a do something different. Don't emulate in every way, but not quite as good as Toto by Africa, because that's what you've done. You've got a, a singer whose voice is good, not as good as. The guy from Toto. You've got <laughs> synth sounds that sound broadly similar, but not quite there. Yeah. And my my description of it when we were talking about this in our our group was, it it's just they just don't even sound like Weezer. They sound like a pub covers band who've got way above their station. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think some of the some of the points you came across there, um, very much kind of resound what I'm what I'm thinking with it. Um when I heard it I it it weren't so so uh, like offensive to my ears that I thought this is terrible. Um they hadn't changed any, anything really about the song so it's it's not like I didn't uh didn't understand their interpretation because it was an exact kind of copy. Um, it was it when I listened to it. It made me appreciate how well crafted Toto um, did it. Yeah, their their performance, their arrangement, and the 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 production of it as well. Because, um, like you said, the the drum sounds. I I weren't quite getting the um, the the harshness of the 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 drum sound, but it it didn't sit very well in the mix. Uh, no, it was totally out of place. Um, and everything in the Toto song is, I think, because Toto were, they were like this this band of like super musicians. They were all like hugely respected session musicians in their own right. Uh, and they, yeah. they were almost like a super group um, made up of like the the perfect musicians. Um, and and it really really does show when you listen to Weezer's version versus the originals um, that everything in the original just it served the song um, and there were bits of the uh, the Weezer version which just like you said kind of come across as uh, like pub covers band version. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with a pub covers band. I'm in a pub covers band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not something that a couple of hundred thousand people need to listen to on YouTube. No. Uh, I suppose it does It uh, kind of scratch that curiosity itch of what would happen if uh, if Weezer did covers of um, Toto tunes. Uh, but And I will say in Weezer's defence... I've seen him live. I've seen him do a cover. It was brilliant, but it was Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus, and it kind of fits their musical yeah. style. They're both very similar in the sense of what they do. Um, yeah, and and that worked well. They did a cover of um, Paranoid Android by 
Radiohead. And that wasn't a bad version, to be honest. Um, I've not heard that. However, I think Toto, um, they're a little bit golden when it comes to like what they did. And they are very hard to 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 reach that standard. Do you want to say, I'll give them balls for doing it. Not many people oh, yeah, yeah. Do it. Like, if, if I... Oh. If I tried it, I wouldn't get anywhere near that that close, but... I mean, it's one of these songs that everyone aspires to be able to do good. Well, yeah. It's very rare that people can do it as good as what Toto can. But I'll give them... I'll take credit where it's due. They have done very, very good with what they've done. Yeah. With Uh, what they've done. So let's let's flip the question on the head then. Um, what, What does make a good cover? A decent snare. (laughs) (laughs) well if we're going to go into what makes a decent cover you've got to go one of two ways you've either got to make it so different that you can't even remember the original or you've got to pay homage to the original without trying to copy it note for note word for word set synth sound for synth sound you've got to either go totally in the wrong direction or to- totally, sorry, totally in the opposite direction. Yeah. Or you've got to give kind of a little bit of life to it without yeah. copying it. Yeah. Yeah. Make it sound like your band doing that. Yeah. So my, the first thing ever, I ever think of when anybody says, think of a good cover, Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal. Because it's a great yeah, pop that, punk that, track that in its own cover, right. Yeah. It's a great pop-punk track in its own right, but you can still hear the odd kind of little throws it, throw in of the Michael Jackson kind of... Yeah, I think they, they played it off really well because they, uh, they added the humour element of it as well. Like the little Michael Jackson tropes. And they did it in the video quite, quite a lot, but they did it in the, the music The video well. was quite... Yeah. But it, it wasn't so much yeah. that it was like a parody. Um... Yeah, I think yeah, I think they did it really yeah, well. Yeah, they, they um, did a really. It was a really good balance, wasn't it? It was. And I think your other option is to go down a different route and just play something that doesn't even sound to. Have, we'll stick with uh, Michael Jackson covers. Chris Cornell doing Billie Jean, just on the acoustic, is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. It's just absolutely fantastic. But for a totally other reason, because the music doesn't sound anything like Billy Jean. It's just the words. Yeah. And it's, again, just an absolutely fantastic cover. Um, you've kind of, you've, you've shot me off on a tangent here. Um, I, will, I will come back to what I think makes a good cover, but there's, um, there's a young female country artist, and I can never remember her name. Um, who done a kind of like a soft country cover of Straight Outta Compton by NWA. And it is the most sublime piece of music you will ever hear with this kind of really sweet and soft uh, young uh, lady. Gina Gordon? Potentially, yeah. That sounds, sounds about right. Um, like spitting off this uh, just very uh, like aggressive uh, gangster rap. 
in the sweetest kind of harmonious voice. Um, so I, I urge you all to check that out. That's a brilliant, uh, just the, the juxtaposition of the two things of the the kind of singer songwriter kind of almost country esque vocal and and uh, melody line over over I the top of straight out content. That is brilliant. Uh, so yeah, I think I I agree. Uh, I agree with part of that with that you either you take it in one or two directions. You either do the original but with your own kind of take on it um or you go completely the other way and you rework that piece um so um like some honorable mentions for that number one for me would be uh all along the watchtower by Jimi hendrix um yeah. I absolutely cannot stand Bob Dylan. Um, and <laughs> I know, controversial, controversial. Come at me, bro. Uh, Come at me. Uh, so He's good at writing songs, but he can't sing. The yeah, well, that, that's my... That's hey, my hey, 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 <laughs> That's it, isn't it? That's like a pissed 40-year-old man. You must be some kind of way out of here. <laughs> and then you'll go to the field. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's like he's in the room. It is, it's Bob Dylan. Um, so Hendrix absolutely just transformed that track, um, and that kind of toes the line between because it's it it's still easily recognisable that it's the same song. Yeah, um, but Hendrix but just totally completely Hendrixed it, didn't he? And like, yeah, Hendrix was known for doing for doing shit like that, though he. Uh, I think there was when uh, the Beatles bought out uh, Sgt. Pepper and the Lowly Hearts uh, band. He covered yeah. it like two days later, uh, which yeah. was just yeah, he did. just awesome. Um, so th- there's that. Um, if you want something that kind of uh, uh, kind of toes that line again, uh, the Darkness did a cover of. Um, Street Spirit by Radiohead, uh, which then uh, they they they've been doing it since kind of day dark, but it appeared then as an album track on their third studio album, which absolutely fantastic. Um, and one final one for me, I would say, potentially one of my favourite covers of all time is Nothing Compares to You. By Sinead O'Connor. Um, because the, the original uh, original uh, version was Prince. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's almost so uh, synonymous with Sinead O'Connor that yeah. people forget that it is Prince. Um, and, yeah... I think her version of it was absolutely just it, it bared her soul. Um so it was it was fantastic for me that one. Uh Ayrton, you had a little giggle about this. <laughs> a yeah, little earlier, everyone, everyone's gonna fucking slate me because I'm gonna go on to Metallica, but you know, I have to. Stone Cold Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Metallica covered Stone Cold Crazy. Totally agree. Go, yeah, yeah, Garaging. yeah. It was... 
It's not as good as Queens, but it's 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 different though, isn't it? It's just di- I you see, I'm I'm with you. I like I like their cover version of that song, and I like the original. Yeah. Yep. And, and, totally different things, but they're both insanely good. And, I, and I'm going to go controversial here and say pretty much all of Garage Inc. is pretty good and most of its covers. Um, yep. Whisk in the Jar I'm, I'm by Metallica can go suck a dick. Totally oh, no. Totally disagree. <laughs> over, Metallica's over, Overkill. Yeah, that's another good. Very good. Another good one. Blitzkrieg, very good. Uh, what else was on it? They're over the top. They've got a really over the top version of Tuesday's Gone, haven't they? Yeah, um, insane. There's, like, there's like forty session musicians in them, and it's just it's it's, it's it sounds like they're having a good laugh in a studio, which is um, helpless nice. by Diamond Head from Metallica. That, that that was good. Yeah, obviously, Am I Evil? Another good cover. Uh, die, 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 my darling. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's just triggered there in the corner. <laughs> Sabracadabra, insanely good. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You mentioned Black Sabbath, um, and the um, the the band who like transformed a Black Sabbath tune to where you wouldn't be able to tell it was Black Sabbath. Um, System of a Down did a cover of Snowblind. Yep. Uh, by Sabbath. And that was wicked. That was really good. Um, and I love love the Sabbath version. I love the system version. And they are two completely different things. Um, but yeah, they, they put their, their spin on that one. And in tell fact, you what, I, after this cast, I think I'm going to listen to both of them. Tell you what, I heard one on Facebook the other day. The other day and uh, this front band covered Enter Sandman. And oh my fucking God. Yeah. Now I'm not big into funk, but that was just fucking great, absolutely great. I've seen them. I watched them earlier today. They they have a Patreon page, and they do they basically ask people what they want to do, and they've just done Sweet Child of Mine as well. And that funk without the the riff is just it's insane. One, one of the one of the one of the greatest things I've ever heard. It's just brilliant. They they ignore the riff totally <laughs> and just do a funk version. Uh, it's just great. And I'm, I'm gonna it was great. I'm gonna wrap wrap this this final one up. Um, I shared with Matt last week after we'd finished our cast um, a very, very specific version of uh, Seven Nation Army uh, by a band po- called Ben Lankel Soul. Um, but it was it was the Jules Holland version and you can't find it on YouTube anywhere. And I had to go to some very, very suspect uh, Japanese, Japanese websites. <laughs> I, I, was, I was fearful for my life. Uh, but I managed to find this yeah. version, and Matt, you can attest that that version. Oh, it's absolutely bang! It's just brilliant. Um, there's so much kind of feeling, and just yeah, it's 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 totally different. I mean, I then went and listened to their studio version of it's, it, which is kind of quite flat. Yeah, it's 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 nowhere near as good, is it? No, um, but yeah, that Jewel Holland's performance was was yes, absolutely fantastic. Absolute breakout, isn't it? That's just. Um, before we do move on, there's a couple of tracks I want to mention because they've been covered several times and done in totally different styles and they've worked every time. And they've passed through Marilyn... Both of them have passed through Marilyn Manson. Um, the first one is Tainted Love, which Junior. is originally by Gloria Jones yes. in the 1950s. 
then Soft Cell did it in the 70s or 80s. There, there was one before that as well. There was because if it if it was originally in the 50s, I I I was under the impression that there was well there was there was an, an it was a Northern Soul tune originally, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of mid mid 60s ish. Yeah, maybe it was 60s then, but yeah, it was somebody called Gloria Jones did the first version. Yeah, yeah. Um, then obviously bang. Soft Cell did it, and then um, it, uh, Marilyn Manson covered it. And the other one I want to do is Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus. Oh, tune, yeah. Obviously, Manson. they did it, Manson did it, and then have you heard John Frusciante on Johnny Cash's version of it? No. So it's a, it's an acoustic version with piano and an acoustic guitar. John Frusciante is playing acoustic guitar and Johnny Cash singing. It's, it's on one of those albums that he did on the way... When he, when he was coming to the end of his life. You, you can't mention um, Johnny Cash without mentioning Hurt as well, doing yeah. the Nine Inch Nails cover, and just being completely better than the Nine Inch Nails version. And I think uh, yeah. Trent Reznor uh, like fully put his hands up and says, yeah, no, he's... Johnny Cash killed it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you haven't heard Johnny Cash do uh, Personal Jesus... Go and check that out because that's an absolutely fantastic version. It turns it almost into a bluesy kind of track. You've got kind of blues piano and an acoustic guitar just kind of keeping the rhythm and the the, the track moving along. It's just a totally different to either the the original or um, the the Marilyn Manson version. I mean, if you if you dilute a bit of the Depeche down, uh, just kind of take a bit of the eighties away from it. It's quite a bluesy track anyway. It's because it's it's. I like open tune slide guitar. Yeah. Well, just imagine that um, instead of all that synth over the top, you've got a good blues piano player. Oh, yeah. So I think I'm going to have to listen back to this cast and write a little shopping list for YouTube, aren't I? Yeah, do it. Um, we are. Send it all of us, actually. We're, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll put it into the uh, into the show notes. We're almost at time, but we are going to mention this goddamn electronic, so electro-harmonic pedal. <laughs> so the, it's going to be our final final uh, final mention for this week. So electro-harmonics have um, released a, uh, a new pedal. We were talking about them last week and how they usually save our asses in kind of dry spells, and they've done that. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> EHX Oceans 11 uh, Verb. Uh, so, Matt, you uh, you watched the product video. You know a little bit about this, don't you? Um, yeah, so I've watched kind of a video that just shows a little bit of some of the, the different kind of sounds in it. The first thing I said when I saw a photo of it is they're trying to have a hot rival in that, you know, it's got three normal controls and then a control that kind of flicks between 11 different modes yeah which straight away just screams hall of fame yeah i mean um, kind of aesthetically a, it does look hoffy doesn't it and it's got yeah the the there's a, a button uh for mod in the middle so each of those 11 yeah. modes have got like an additional um mode on yeah. top but yeah obviously it's so those are the controls it's a little bit restricted in that it's mono in and mono out, so you haven't got any sort of stereo sounds for some of these. And some of the sounds that they got into it, I'll go through them in a second, would sound great if they had a stereo version. Yes, but, yeah. Um, they've obviously 
I mean, I think the price is about 170 US dollars. So they've obviously decided that they want to keep the price down and keep it mono. Yeah. Um, but basically, they've got your kind of your three standard reverb sounds. They've got a hall sound, a, split, a spring sound, and a plate sound. Yeah. So they're just your, your kind of your, your classic sounds that you get in a reverb. The spring sound did oh. sound very good as well. They, yeah, it's on the product video. They do it in two different kind of uh, two different ways. They do it. Uh, the spring said like really kind of saturated and really drippy, uh, and it gives that yeah. kind of surf like proper surf tone. Uh, but then yeah. they dial it back, and it sounds really really sweet. Yeah, um, and I, to be honest with you, I, from what I've heard, there's not really a sound in there I didn't particularly like. Um, so yeah, it it it's something that I'm definitely going to have a have to have a playthrough at some point when I can get to the UK. Indeed. Um, so mode four is reverse, so it's like a, a reverse, yeah, um, a reverse reverbing, yeah, yeah. So basically, you play and then the reverb yeah. kind of swells yeah. in rather than swells out. Um, you've then got an echo mode, which is reverb plus delay, which is a digital delay, I think. I mean that that then appeases both of us. That does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, just imagine your echo with kind of reverb on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's got that. It's then got a trem mode, which is like a tremolo and reverb all in one. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's only the um, the the trails of the reverb that are tremoloed, isn't yeah. it? Which is a, it's a great, great sound. Yeah, so you kind of get your full chord or whatever you're playing... And then everything else kind of like washes in and out, which yeah. I quite like that that kind of thing. It's not something you, you see on many sort of reverb pedals. Yeah, it's not something you kind of. I think they uh they do very well in um, demonstrating where where it has been used in the past using kind of riffs that are very similar to certain yeah riffs. to certain riffs. <laughs> uh, and EHX yeah. are absolutely banging for that. And the uh, the guy was playing like he played all the examples on Ibanez RGs as well, uh, which <laughs> which would suit you down to the ground. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just it's absolutely brilliant that he's playing a guitar, which a lot of people kind of see as as quite sterile instruments, but he's getting all of these pretty close tones um, that demonstrate the pedals like immensely. Yeah. And I think that's probably why he's chose the RG because you can get those kind of heavier tones as well as get some decent lighter tones out. Yeah, of it. yeah. It really surprised me actually that the um the 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 cleaner tones did did uh, they stood out quite well. Uh, you'd you'd almost be hard pushed to to distinguish between them and a like a like a Strat or or whatever it was aiming to be. Yeah. Yep, you've then got um, obviously there's a the modulated mode um, which is just you. There's different depending on which mode button. When, yeah, like, when you press the mode button, and there's flange, different ones. There. Uh, there was another yeah. one as well, though, wasn't there? There were three, but I can't remember yeah. the third. Um, you then had that weird mode that I kind of didn't really understand. The diner mode that had three modes. It was gate, duck, and swell <laughs> yeah. I think yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it's just uh, yeah but yeah it it was the 
it would hold the reverb for as long as you were holding the notes that you were playing. And the moment you let no, that off, it would z- instantly. Oh no, that was the gate one. No, that that was or that was the auto infinite one. That's the next one. Okay, sorry, my bad. I can't. I I don't know what this gate swell and duck thing, dude. I I, I must have either skipped through it or just forgotten it from the video. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the auto infinite's the one you talk about. So basically, if you hold the chord, it would just hold the reverb until you change. And if you're playing like chords and sweeping straight into the next one. It, instead of just like cutting off a tail and starting a new one, it faded quite quite well in as yeah. well. So I quite like that yeah, auto quite natural, one. It? And then the last two modes are the ones that everybody goes mad for at the moment. So shimmer, yeah, um, which just throws loads of different octaves over everything. Well, the, and then a polyphonic reverb. Yeah, the the shimmer one is just like an octave an octave up that swells in, isn't it? Um, yeah. Whereas the polyphonic was, uh, they they tout it as. Um, making you sound like an organ, pretty much. Yeah, so it's a basically, a, is it the micropog that has an octave up and an octave down? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah so it's basically that circuit thrown into reverb. Yeah, so thrown onto the That's what it does. Oh, it, again, but you're, yeah. I think you still, again, you still get your clean signal through the middle, and then the reverb is octave up and octave down. Yeah. So you get that kind of like organy, weird. But you still get that clarity as well. Yeah, you can, you can get like if you if you like crank the mix, you you can get very organy sounds. Uh, yeah. I think they they use it with that and um, no, it weren't that one that whether was using it with a bass guitar as well, was it? Oh, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there was there was a mode on it as well that made it sound almost like a twelve string, which was odd. Um, I wonder if that was that one of the the dynamic ones that I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, your kind of your opening gambit on this one was that it was uh, it was a Hoff killer. Um, and after watching the product video, I think they're going for two totally com- like completely different markets. Uh, the Hoff is yeah. very much um, y- you want a reverb, you're getting you're getting basically your your staples of reverb and they're all all very kind of usable and very safe reverbs um yeah. I, they have got the shimmer mode but i think that's kind of as far as that goes whereas ehx are, are just thinking what's the crazy shit that we can add on to reverbs to make it almost not reverb anymore which is why we love EHX because they're always thinking of something different. Yeah, I mean they are uh, as mad as a box of badgers, and twice as exciting. Um, you you gotta love EHX for for stuff like that. Um, is this a product that is going to kind of make a dent in this already quite saturated market? Um, I say potentially. I think it's probably something that you need to hear in the flesh. Yeah, probably with your own rig, because you know how kind of choosy reverb is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. a very personal thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, I mean, I say it will for the time being, though. Yeah, I, I, for the time being, until people think maybe it's not as good as what it should be, and then something else will come out. Yeah, I think the, the, it's the problem with the pedal market at the moment, isn't it? That every couple of months is the next big thing. Um, I think the Hoff has been quite a quite a mainstay, and and the the Strymon stuff is the next kind of price point up. Um, I think I mean potentially this thing could take the place of someone who's using like an M5 
uh, a Line 6M5 to do like some crazy reverb shit. Um, and it's it's for those guys who don't want the safe reverb option. They want these weird and wacky ones. For me, that's not me. Um, fuck reverb. <laughs> it's it's but, totally me, and I want to get my hands and try one. Yeah, as soon as possible. See, the only way I'd get it is for the echo, and I don't really think paying what hundred hundred twenty quid. Just buy an echo pedal. <laughs> that's it. Just get just get a delay. Uh, but I think that point I'll just keep with my GT one hundred. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some some absolutely banging tones from that. Um, I think we're going we're going to end it there today because we're. We're like racking up to almost an hour and a half on my recording here. I might have to edit it down a bit. Um, so if you want to catch us online and you want to get some of your your very own questions and news in for this week, I think two of the the articles this week were kind of suggested from from the uh, the Facebook group. So that's uh, Fret Talk Podcast in Facebook groups. Uh, yeah, join in. You can you can get your topics read out on this. This very podcast right here. Um, if you want to go find me, I am the Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You go facebook.com, instagram.com slash budget pedal chap. Uh, you go on YouTube and type it in. I'm not quite a slash just yet, um, but we'll get there. Uh, Matt, you are Matt underscore heel at Twitter. No, he- Heel, und- heel underscore Matt he- Q. Heel underscore Matt underscore Heel Q at Twitter. <laughs> um, you find him on the, the Rank Hookers podcast. Um, the, uh, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Where else Where else do we find you? Um, it's the Bad Bookers podcast because I think you just said hookers, but I might have just been hearing things. <laughs> no, Rank Hookers, yeah. <laughs> bad bookers okay. um, and yeah switch IOM if you want to see my band hopefully we'll share a live stream when this comes out it'll be Monday so tomorrow night mm. um, we should be able to share a YouTube live stream of Tuesday night's Bushy's Beer Tent gig um, at the bigger better Bushy's Beer Tent stage um, it's it's a massive stage I cannot fucking wait it's going to be amazing gotta love a bit of Bushy's don't you yeah yeah. Uh, and Ayrton, anything you want to plug this week? No, fuck all. As always. Just plug the cast. Just listen to this podcast. You already <laughs> yeah, hear those, so you are listening. So congratulations for getting so far. And uh, we have got a little bonus segment, uh, which I will probably sneak in somewhere. I might sneak it in right now. We have got uh, a very special guest here uh, for a very brief uh, amount of time because he's a very busy man. It's Mr. Andrew Ferris, the Guitar Geek, a.k.a. Hello. Joe Hollywood right here. (laughs) (laughs) So you are, um, you're fresh back from the TGU, aren't you? Uh, Kind of the 
start of uh, last week, was it? I, I have no idea. I don't even know what day it is, but I'm certainly not fresh. It was an exhausting <laughs> experience. Sorry. Uh, tell us of your experience. Tell us uh, what, what it was like and what was going on. I mean, it's, it was phenomenal. It was, uh, I was there as a helper and as a YouTuber. Yeah. And which meant that I was there, I think, for eight days, which I got involved in the setup um, and tried to hide from all the hard work, which was really difficult <laughs> and probably more hard work than actually doing the work. Um, <laughs> but we basically got allowed to run riot in Tolman in Germany and imagine being told that you can do anything you want in a music shop of that size and then doing it. And that was it. And then making videos about it. Shit, man! I don't think amazing. I'd be able to post them on YouTube if I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. I wouldn't have time. No, no, I wouldn't I mean, have time. Not not everything we made will, will be going live, but uh, <laughs> no. But I met some really cool people. I mean, number one, the people, everyone that was involved was yeah. great. The the staff at Toman, the other YouTubers, the helpers, everybody was there for the same reason: was to to have fun and mess about with guitars. Yeah, um, I was, mean that. That came across uh, in in your vlogs uh, mm. that I was I was very uh, very uh, adamant at watching. Um, I didn't get a chance to finish the vlogs. There's still some some footage that I shot. That I I mean we we were surviving on in the first three days. I had three hours sleep all three days because I was back in the back in the hotel editing the the video. <laughs> And yeah. um, I just, I, I'm afraid to say that I gave up after day three or day five, I think, because it was just, it was, it became impossible. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a real shame, but I'll have to blame my seven-year-old Mac for that. So, Damn you, Mac! Just taking you too long to render was it? Well, it's just the fan was overheating, and it sounded like it was trying to burn its way through the table every time I clicked a button. So. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, fair enough. If you're listening, uh, Apple Corporation. Uh, they are. Always. I mean, this is hosted on iTunes, so um, just yeah, just send send Mr. Guitar Geek over a a fresh new spanky new Mac, please. Well, let's be fair. Come on, let's all have one. Oh yeah. I mean, if, I'm using Windows at the let's, moment because. Uh, well, let's at least let's at least campaign for a new set of headphones for our main host here. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my stylish choice this week is um, the Smiley Face Poundland headphones. They're Top working. The I can hear you all, kind of. You you all sound a little bit like you're in a fishbowl. Sometimes it's distorting, but it's mainly there. Wow, <laughs> I know. Land headphones. So, so tell us, uh, rather rather than me prattling on about these uh, these great quality headphones, <laughs> tell us uh, tell us some of the people that you met there, uh, Andrew, and some uh, some kind of highlights from from the Tugu. Well, um, obviously, I met Henning Poli because he's the man behind the plan. Yes. Um, sadly, and really, unfortunately, we've become friends and. <laughs> That's as as disappointing as it is surprising. Um, but no, he he is a top guy, and you wouldn't guess from his videos that he's actually quite funny. So <laughs> um, I do en- I do enjoy spending time with him. Um, yeah. Firstly, I met the other helpers, 
I mean, who all arrived for free. And there was a guy called Chris, who's an American but lives in the Philippines. He he flew for one thousand six hundred dollars of his own money. Shit, man. To to work his own butt off. Um, and the, the team there were all awesome. Um, yeah. Some some more so than others, and if they're listening, you know who you are. And then the YouTubers came, I think, after three days of being there. Um, it's hard to sort of single anybody out because everybody was really nice. Um, Question is, did you meet Nita Strauss? I did. Of course, yeah, of course I did. I, I did, a, did she fuck a, a, up uh, any more uh, theme songs or entrance <laughs> songs of WWE? <laughs> Yeah, you like child. an entire career that she's got, and the only and thing that you're you remembering remember. her from is uh, <laughs> oh, not doing so great. I've only ever seen um, Matt as Nisa Stress before, and I'll be surprised <laughs> that the the resemblance was uncanny. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. I had some very I'm confused really sure feelings uh, that day. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a, a really nice person. She was exhausted. Um, so the first few days, she was really working hard at, at, at being human um, because of the flights and everything. And then, thankfully, I chatted with her on the last day, um, along with Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum, and we had a clapping competition. <laughs> um, which uh, is something who, you get to who, look forward to on my YouTube channel. Who, who won? Yes. I will not... Not reveal who won between Ryan from 60 Cycle Home, myself, the Guitar Geek, and Nita Strauss from Openness. Well, that's going to be awkward to uh, wank to, innit, with Nita Strauss? Oh! oh. <laughs> hey, it's been a while. Um, uh, if anyone can manage but, it, Ayrton, <laughs> I, I, I believe in you. I'll let you guys know next time I'm on podcast. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll tell you that my biggest surprise was Steve from Boston. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because I found him, I found him a little bit scary online because he seems like he's got such a deep voice and and from Boston uh, and um, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life and also one of the funniest and I just didn't expect that from him and we we got on really well and yeah, um, yeah and that was a surprise which I I now feel guilty for saying because he is such a nice guy I'm feel sad for doubting him in the first place. So I um, need to check out Steve from Boston stuff. He used to be Pixie Licks. He's recently yes, branded. Yes, yes, he did. I'm sure I subscribed to him when he was Pixie Licks. Yeah, so he's he's uh, changed for some some reason, which I'll leave up to him to explain. Um, um yeah, he's a he's a, a great guitar player as well. Um Yeah, he's he made we did some videos together and he's he makes anything squeal. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he has these really, <laughs> yes. He has these really sort of, I want to say, fat fingers that you think, how does this guy play guitar? Yeah. And the answer is really well. I remember uh, back in the day actually watching one of those Pixie Licks videos, and he was plugged into some something that I I expected would sound absolute absolute shit. It, I think it was like he was going direct into a, an interface. Into like garage band, um, yeah, that's where he used to run, yeah, yeah, and and he was still making it sound absolutely phenomenal, yeah. He just knows um, how to fucking dial something in though, and that's it. Yeah. What to go back to the old toners in the fingers and all that? He played a Mac Mool Strat, which I'd just been playing, and I'd been playing it quite quite clean-ish, 
and suddenly when it came to him, it sounded like he was playing a wizard neck Ibanez. And uh, I don't know how he was doing it, but he was. Because he's got yeah. the devil in his fingers. Probably, he, he, yeah. He's got, he, yeah, he has got some, uh, some immense tone, that man. Um, hey. who else? I met um, I met Mikey Demas from Skindred. Oh, another, Mikey. Another really cool chap. Yeah, we exchanged uh, home improvement DIY tips. Nice. So I taught him how to tile a shower, and he taught me how to erect a shed. <laughs> well, you gotta got to buy dinner first, haven't you? Good old West last Noah to erect a shed. <laughs> I could have used a different word, but uh, I chose that one. It felt appropriate. <laughs> you could have done, but you didn't need to. No, this, need is, to. this is the Fret Talk podcast where <laughs> smut goes to die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So T- TGU was great. It was um, hopefully the beginning of something rather than a one-off. Yeah. Um, lots of companies supported the event. Uh huh. Um, Ibanez were absolutely killing it. Stone Deaf pedals were killing it. Uh, Isotope were killing it. They brought the new recording system called the Spire, and that thing is killer. Uh, just some really great guitars, really great people, and and the Toman team were phenomenal. They yeah. were so involved, and um, yeah, everybody there was was so willing to help. And I got to play a, I got to play a saw, a saw, like S A W. You know, S A W. When you take a saw and you play it with a violin bow. Oh, you've um, done it with a violin bow. I do uh, it demonst- and bend it. Okay. Oh, the tricks of the fucking building trade are insane. <laughs> we can make scaffolding sound like violins. I'd like to. He- I'd like to hear that. I want. I want to see a live uh, frontal uh, podcast video. A scaffolding quartet. <laughs> it's, it's three guys going. It's uh, three guys bar. going. Ah! <laughs> Seen a few Jeez. of them. <laughs> oh. uh, so I'd, I'd like to kind of comment on. Um, like the perception of TGU from a uh, a consumer of the, the 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 videos that have been produced. Um, I haven't seen a great deal at the moment, but I, I think that's mainly due to uh, people getting all of their uh, TGU video and editing it still. Um, mm. But like you were saying about the the kind of atmosphere. Uh, we we've been comparing it to Gitcon from the year previous, um, and it seemed like it was just two totally different events, even though that they are um, kind of conceptually very similar. Um, it seems with with Gitcon it was very kind of uh, forced and kind of sterile uh, of an environment, whereas. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the TGU stuff seemed like very organic and very. Uh, it it seemed like there was there was a, com- a commonality uh, of of all of the um, the the mindsets of the people there. Well, I, I wasn't at GitCon, but I did see a lot of the coverage. Yeah. Um, and I can't comment as an outsider from TGU because I was there, but certainly from the feeling I got as a as a viewer of, of GitCon and as a member of TGU, um, that's definitely the case. It was just a 
think it's down to that Toman just opened their doors and opened their wallets and said, take what you want. <laughs> and just open give their it back. hearts. Give it, give it the back at the end. They did open their hearts and their coffee machines. I mean, that's and, the important um, thing, isn't it? Yeah, oh, we had shit, donuts man, that reminds me. I amazing. need to get a coffee before the, uh, the cast starts. <laughs> uh um, yeah, but it's. I, I'm glad that you said that because that's. It's the same team as well. So the behind the scene elves. Yeah. That's the same team from Gitcom. Oh really? And yeah, so the guys operating the cameras, the guys doing all the actual work. Um, it's the same team. Yeah. Uh, because okay. I think um, the 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 kind of the sense that I got from the Gitcom stuff and uh, kind of as a viewer. So the sense that I got from GitCon was that it was, um, there was there was very much a kind of uh, a set plan, um, and because of that, there weren't there weren't really a time for uh, the the different YouTube personalities to gel and to kind of come up with some cohesive um, ideas, and it mm-hmm. just from that it, it seemed very forced. Yeah. Um, whereas what I've seen. Uh, from the TGU stuff so far um, has been the opposite of that. It seems like uh, I've, there's there's been there's been loads of kind of um, cross uh, cross platform promotion with with uh, different YouTubers and just people appearing um, like really really kind of friendly and there's lots of kind of banter going on. Um, I think in your in, in one of your blogs, you're uh, ripping all shades of piss out of uh, Henning, uh, and it just—it seems like a, a bunch of friends who are who have known each other for years. Rather, it was than... very weird. Um, I, I'd met the, the helpers for for a day, and we we're already, you know, asking silly questions that you shouldn't be asking someone you've, <laughs> you've met for a day. If I may say so, the the actual team the the volunteers that, that were behind the scenes, they, and I was one of them, but I can't take the credit, they set the the tone for the whole thing. Yeah. And they were so, well, we were so hardworking, and, but so happy to be there, that by the time the YouTubers arrived, they walked into a party that had just started. Yeah. You know, and, and they didn't have to, they didn't go in uh, cold or dry. <laughs> so the um, it was already warmed up and and lubed away. Hey. I mean, so you, you keep you keep forcing this uh, this low hanging fruit underneath me here, don't you? And I'm not going to bite. But it's, it's, it's dangling there, so I'm, I'm going to go for it. Um, yeah, but the, the helpers set the tone. Henning helped set the tone. The guys that worked behind the scenes were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and they chat, and I say they, I'm one of them, but it feels like I'm taking credit. But, um, oh, absolutely. They, I mean, there's not, a Facebook group, and a Facebook to. chat, sorry, and, and they've been chatting since GitCon. It's a really close-knit team. Yeah. Um, already talking about a potential next one, and just everybody's an absolute legend. Yeah. Um, um, you've posted on your, uh, uh, on your Guitar Geek YouTube channel a kind of behind the scenes chat with uh with the youtube fairies i think was it oh yeah the elves yeah or the elves goblins goblins yeah um and it was something mythical uh and 
that's an absolutely massive, massive video. And I, I commented on that the other day, uh, just how uh, how interesting that uh, that video was, even though I've only managed something like 20, 30 minutes of it. Just that, that kind of behind-the-scenes insight of it is absolutely brilliant. I think Henning um, knocked it on the head, really, when he said... I mean, we, we, we planned an hour chat, which we were prepared to go for two hours, maybe. And we went to three, or just over three. And he said at some point, do you know why we're still talking? Even though there was sort of dead air, and we were just sort of stood there and sat there chatting and looking yeah. at each other. It's because we miss each other. It was such a close-knit team. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what it felt like. Yeah, and, and it was inclusive, you know? Anybody that joined the party... I don't know if you saw the video of a girl called Carolyn on, on the Guitar Geek channel. I did, yes. She was yeah. a customer who was stood on the side of the street with her dad, and she asked me where the guitar department was. And about 30 minutes later, she's in the recording room, in the video section, making a video with me and being an absolute legend. Yeah, with the new tube screamer, wasn't it? Yeah, she, she, she was just someone on the side of the road who really knew her YouTube um, channels and suddenly got, like, the best day ever, as she said. That's, that's like the, the YouTube equivalent of Dave Grohl pulling uh, Kiss Guy onto the stage and letting him... Yeah, rip. I mean, I, I've been compared to Dave Grohl several times in my life, but that's the one where we've most... almost seemed like exactly the same person. Yeah, it's like twins you were. Yeah. The, nice. I found out actually, Dave Grohl. He looks, he looks remarkably like the uh, the drummer from the food, uh, from uh, Nirvana. Sorry, I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, he he looks a little bit older. Yeah, potentially. And he's good. I don't know. Maybe, older, maybe they're related. Maybe brothers or something. I thought they were cousins. I thought I read somewhere that they were cousins. <laughs> All Americans look alike to me, so... Oh. <laughs> oh, you racist. I'm fucking banning you on everything. You racist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a racialist. Indeed. You heard it here, you heard it here first. Um, so, I mean, we are potentially going to get you uh, back onto the cast for a much bigger rundown and a much uh, more in-depth look at the, uh, the TGE stuff and just a general chat. Because it's been a while since we've had you on, isn't it, uh, Mr. Mr. Guitar Geek? Probably about a yeah, month Yeah, I mean, it's, is it really? I mean, it, it seems, without seeming really arrogant, I've been so busy that it seems just like yesterday that I was talking to you. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's been over a month. Um, Has it really? I mean, I remember being on it last time, and, and that does feel like a few days ago, and all that's different is that Matt has no hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking slightly more egg, egg-shaped. Um <laughs> <laughs> get that a lot as well what what i was uh what i was meaning to say actually and we did mention this last uh i think last week or the week before is just how um how hard you seem to be uh working um for that um that tgu experience um yeah both me and matt were, were saying that um, it seemed like every video that we watched, you were doing something different. You were writing a jingle or you were um, behind the camera or editing or you were uh, appearing on this video or that video. Um, well, 
I, I've, I recently lost my job, as as you know, and maybe some of our listeners know. Yeah. And I honestly believe the only way to combat some sort of um, negative thing in life is to be really, really positive. And whilst I don't want to say that I worked harder than anybody else, I didn't. There was really hardworking people there. But while other people were taking breaks and smoking cigarettes and doing that, I was running around saying, put the camera on. I got work to do. <laughs> um, no, any I did, I did, yeah, I didn't go with an agenda. I just went there and I thought, I'm going to have a lot of fun and hope that this fun, you know, sort of, I sweat this fun out and it sort of drips over the front row and, and, and people want to be involved. And it kind of did. Um, and I got a really good relationship with the, the videographer, Dennis, who was an absolute a maniac. And um, you put, for some reason, you put him and me together and it just seemed to be a pretty good, a good team and, and we made some crazy stuff. Ace, indeed. Um, I mean, yeah. the stuff, the stuff that you don't get to see, that's pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some, there's some dark stuff going on. Is there some is after, guitar geek after hours? Is this Patreon exclusive the, stuff? Here? Is that what we're I have the, the edits that didn't make it, and um, they're really funny for me, but pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> More of your uh, American racism. No, I love the Americans. All of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think uh, for this week, we've taken uh, enough of your time because you, you are um, a busy man. Taken enough of my rubbish, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not, <laughs> not, not at all. all. I'd, I would, I'd, I'd happily have you on for the, uh, the full cast, but um, you did say that you were on a, on a time limit this week, didn't you? I am. Uh, it's my son's first birthday tomorrow, so I've got to be in bed at 11 because I've got to be up at some ungodly hour to do ungodly things with, I don't know, what does one-year-olds need for their birthday? Uh, a car or... or nappies and sleep, say? I think. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, but yeah. Sounds like me then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, the correlation's there. Uh, do, you, do you want to do a little uh, quick plug while we're here? Yeah, um, if you're ever in YouTube land, then type in The Guitar Geek, you'll find me. Uh, I recently, as in today, which is now in the past when you're hearing this, yeah. made a video of my Honey Boy amp, and um, you should go and buy a Honey Boy amp from honeyboyamps.com, because they're wicked. They are indeed and, wicked. Um, rather than plug my own channel, I'm going to plug Andy at Honey Boy Amps, because uh, I love my amp. Indeed. And without it, I would be a lesser person. Yeah, that's me. I'm done. Indeed. Check Andy out at the Guitar Geek uh, on YouTube. Check him out on Instagram at Guitar Geek YT. Um, and yeah, just generally go on to time and stuff and you'll probably see, see him flitting about in the background somewhere. <laughs> in fact, go on to Tome and stuff and try and not find me. That's, <laughs> there's the challenge. It's like the opposite of Where's Wally. <laughs> Brilliant. <sighs> right. Adios, sir. Right, then I'm leaving. I'm going to bed. It's been very nice chatting with you both. And, and Well, both or both and one of you not. <laughs> <laughs> but but we shall we shall decide which one was the. Uh, you can fight the, over the giant who that is. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too pissed. All right. Good night. Bye bye. I'm leaving now. Goodbye. Love you. From myself, it is Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Ayrton. From Matt. It has been a wonderful week, and I uh, hope to see you all again soon. Tatty bye. 
Tura. Tati Roy. Tura. Auf Wiedersehen. Kanishiwa. <laughs> Cherry Lube. Cherry Lube. <laughs> you dirty bastard, you. <laughs> Right, so we'll literally just go go in dry with this uh, with this segment. <laughs> you know that's how, you I, know, that's like how I like it. Indeed. <laughs> you know it makes things slide into holes easier. It was worth a shot. Right, I should probably stop recording, shouldn't I? <laughs>